0: You're in tune to the Fusebox Radio Broadcast. Uh,
1: turn the music up inside my session. These folks gotta
2: hear my
0: message. Bringing balanced black radio to the masses.
2: Hey everybody, 1212, what's going on? You're now in tune to a special session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox Radio Broadcast. Bringing the balance back to black radio each and every single week. With a mix of old and new school music, news, commentary, and other programming we have here and there. This is dj fusion i was over at AwesomeCon con this past weekend the comic-con event here in washington dc held at the washington convention center and at that event i got to go through you know a lot of the cool stuff you always do with comic cons going ahead you know getting toys meeting up with folks um taking pictures and of course hitting up the panels and one of the dope panels folks were able to go to while over at awesome Con, this time around folks were able to get some audio from was a panel on diversity in steam and comics and for those folks who aren't familiar with um steam programming is mixing up the arts and sciences for folks particularly with um people of color and more and there were a lot of awesome experts on the professorial and other ends who had a really lively panel in regards to that and how comics personally influenced them in terms of getting into the sciences in the first place and how they mix science and art now, including, you know, things that are in the popular culture spirit from comics and more, to help influence students continue that trend in terms of being able to get into these studies in a serious way once they get their interest captured. So... Let's definitely go ahead and get ready to listen to some of the audio from this pretty awesome panel. You can check out more information about AwesomeCon and all the great programming they do over at their official website, AwesomeCon.com. And you can check out what goes on the Fusebox Radio broadcast at any time via our official website, which is FuseboxRadio.com, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O.com. You can always give our podcast some cool ratings via your podcast app of choice if they allow that and plenty more so this is our second part of some of the awesome con coverage that we got we got a you know regular show coming up on the pipeline and everything sure the mix of the music and the talk but in the meantime check out this diversity and steam and comics panel from awesome con and yep that is um how we're gonna roll fuse box radio bringing the balance back to black radio each and every single week all right peace
3: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Diversity in STEAM and Comics panel. Uh, I'm Sabine Mithado, I'll be your moderator for today. I'm a professor of mechanical engineering and material science and engineering at UC Derbyshire and a uh, diehard comic book fan. Now, for those of you who thought we were actually going to be talking about STEAM, if there's any of you think about that in the room, no, we're not talking about STEAM. <laughs> we're talking about the intric- Stop. Because <laughs> um, they're already giving me a compliment. <laughs> um, STEAM is the integration of science, technology, engineering, art, and artistry, which is critical to the advancement of these fields in math. It's not STEM, it will always be STEAM. Because without that creative thinking, we're not going to get to the place that we need to go science. So there's me. Let's, let's run through down the line on each of our, our panelists.
1: A little bit of each one. Oh, i got to introduce myself? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, my name is Brian Kaiser Tillman. I'm a professor at, at Norfolk State University. Currently, I teach graphic design. I have my own studio called Kaiser Studio Productions. It's a pre-production studio. We make comics, toys, animations, and all the fun stuff. That's what we do. And I recently got a my trading card game that I developed from scratch it is now in the hands of Upper Deck and is going to be released in August. And, and thank <laughs> not why I told you, <laughs> um, but the one thing that really pertains to this um, particular lecture or panel is the fact that both main characters are black. Um, I'm sorry,
0: Brady. I wear many hats. Um, I'm a high school science teacher, but um, I also um, I have a doctorate in science education, and I teach uh, science methods to pre-service teachers at winston State University, and North Carolina. And also, with my husband, we have co-founded thescienceof.org, where we look at how to bring pop culture into the
4: Good afternoon. I'm Renetta Tull, and I am an administrator, associate vice provost at UMBC. And my thing was Gribble growing up. But it was with the E's and not the I's. Uly Williams. Um, but I am um, one of the people who helps to get more people into STEM fields, and particularly at the graduate school level. So. Um, my job is all about working with students to make sure that they get their PhDs and making sure that there are more diverse PhDs in the STEM fields that are going to go out, be professors, and then bring other people into STEM after that.
5: Uh, good afternoon. My name is Jonathan Madison. I am uh, a research scientist at San Diego National Laboratories, uh, which is uh, part of the Department of Energy. Um, I actually did my undergrad at uh, Clark Atlanta University, which is a historically private, uh, Black University, and it is also um, located in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, rather right than my uh, Master's and PhD at the University of Michigan, so, and I'm an avid comedy fan, um, but in addition to that, I also am very, very committed to mentoring and increasing the number of other urban, urban populations, particularly in my uh, technical field.
3: All right, we've got, we got a bunch of cool people here with a lot of great opinions. But before we start talking about diversity and STEAM, let's just do a quick run-through of diversity and science as they've been depicted in comics over the time. So, growing up, I, I read comics. My Grandparents read comics. Kid is going to read comics. She's due now. But there, the, the progression of society progressed far after we needed it to do as, as far as representations of diversity. So, Phantema was the first female lead character in a comic book, this was 1940. And the first African-American character that was portrayed was Lobo. Uh, this was in Dell Comics. He was the first non-stereotypical, non-racially-charged African-American character uh, to be portrayed in a comic book. But soon after that came our, our current favorite, and rightly so, Black Panther in 1966. And this was Stan Lee's and Jim Kirby's response to wanting to show equality in comic books. I had an opportunity to talk to um, Daryl Run from Run DMC, and what Black Panther meant to him was somebody who wasn't from the, the who wasn't a street fighter, who wasn't in jail, who wasn't a gangster. He was a king. He was proud. He was from a country. He was not. He was not your stereotypical character
1: portrayed at the time.
3: Wakanda whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi in 1973 was the first Asian-American that was portrayed in a comic book and he looks very much like Bruce Lee because he was, but he was treated with care and treated respectfully and culturally by the comics. More obscure, this was the first uh, interracial kiss and at that time it was still pretty controversial. This was the year I was born, but this was around the same time that, um, that Captain Kirk kissed the Ura. Uh, in Star Trek. This was still a very, very, very uh, taboo thing to do at the time. The first Hispanic American character was White Tiger, who was from Puerto Rico. This was also in, in 1975. And then moving forward from racial diversity into wholehearted diversity, uh, first gay character to come out in the comics was Northstar in 1992, which was very progressive. Soon after was Apollo and Midnighter getting married. This was the first gay marriage. The first lesbian character to lead a, a comic book series was, was Batwoman, and also in Batwoman, continuing progress was, uh, in 2013, Alyssa Yeo, her roommate, coming out as being transgendered. So as comics have progressed, the diversity in their portrayal has also progressed. Same goes with the science. If we think about when the roots of all these science books started, comic books started, it was when we were in the middle of a war and then when we were trying to get into space, and then when we were trying to develop nuclear tools and nuclear radiation. So these were all in the comic books and represented because the public was aware of it. So characters like Metal Man, I'm a metallurgist, that could take the forms of the different metals that were made of a huge amount. These were iron and lead and tin, and unfortunately platinum, a.k.a. Tina, was treated like... Many females were treated in this "mad men" era comics, um, not fairly, not
5: equally, not equally represented.
3: I think all of us here probably grew up with things being animal, vegetable, or mineral. I don't think they teach that in school anymore; it's not part of the core curriculum. But science was then portrayed in things like Iron Man, because all of these materials were being used for fighting World War II, and in the Avengers. Here's a panel where you have the elements of Doom, which are made of different elements and when Kat throws his shield into carbon, carbon turns into diamond form, which carbon can do under high pressure and temperature. And then fast forward to modern times, we got Iron Man able to defeat Magneto not because his, he's able to demagnetize his suit, but because he claims that it's made out of carbon
1: nanotubes.
3: So the portrayal of science has mapped along with the portrayal of diversity in comics, but who, who are the scientists that have been portraying the comics and movies? Oh, here they are. you got Tony Stark, you got Peter Parker, you got Bruce Banner, Professor X, even uh, The Flash. What do you notice about this picture? Oh <laughs> something interesting and homogenous <laughs> about how these guys are being presented. And then, and then you wonder when the most popular show in America is this. How did they find these guys as characters? Why did they choose that? Now, why did they choose these four? And she's not even a scientist. Why, because of this, because of this, because of the portrayals in society not mapping to what our society really represents. So my first question on the panel, we'll start with Brian and work our way down. How did science and diversity in comics affect you growing up as you were part of this industry?
1: So, for me, I grew up in Germany. Okay, so, I'm even more guess,
2: broken than most. Because you know? <laughs> I have to be
1: African American and German at the same time, growing up in Germany in the time where, well, let's just say there weren't a lot of us walking around on the streets of Germany. And so, when I was a youth, I honestly thought, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, you know, I was like, I'm German, which I sometimes still go back to, like, I'm German, you know? but... The thing is that that's the way I saw myself. And I'm like, oh, I'm German, 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 no problems whatsoever. And so when I picked up comics, I was just like, oh, I like these comics, I like these comics, this is great. And I never really thought about it until I got much older. And when I looked back, and people were like, well, what's your favorite, who's your favorite comic book hero? And I was like, "Hmm, Bishop from X Men. Mm -hmm. And so when he showed up, I think it was 1993, I was 13. And then he showed up, and he was a you know a powerful character. He can he commanded a group. He was taking down the most powerful group of people, which were the X Men. And you know, and he had all all these answers, and he was a great strategist, and he had power. I was like, yeah. and I never knew why I really liked him because power is not really that great. You know, <laughs> and I don't know why. I never knew why until I got much older, and I was like, he looks like me. You know, and I was like, I was 13, surrounded by people who did not look like me. And then here came this character that I was like, I would love to be this person. You know, if it was character comics, because I'm going to say this to everyone I wanted to be my dad. Because he was a special forces, airborne rangers, you know, G.I. Joe. And I'm like, I want to be him, yes. But after that, I was like, I would love to be Bishop. You know, and that, that really pushed it for me. And as far as, you know, when it came to science, it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a fantasy guy. You know, so when it came to science and seeing all the people who were like really the super smart people and they didn't look like me, I went to where there was diversity, And that was in the fantasy realm. You know, and so that's that's what shaped comics for me was I was like, I can at least find females that are in power, I can find people who are African American or Hispanic. And it was always in something that was mostly based in fantasies rather than science. And so that's, that's what happened to me. I think mean, for me, growing up
0: in the 70s, um, as kid, uh, I grew up in South Carolina, <coughs> and on the campus of South Carolina State University, which is uh, a historically black uh, college, that I was surrounded by strong minority, you you know, <laughs> role yeah. models. And um, for me, it was, it was women that I was able to focus on. I was not a big comics reader because comics in the seventies was still a realm of boys—a girl didn't read comics. And Science fiction, on the other hand, you know, I read you know Ursula Le and you family and, But I always was driven towards female characters. Um, and I think being on an HBCU campus and sort of seeing these you know, strong female role models. Had there, it you know never really. I never really felt that I was that I couldn't do something. And it really wasn't until I was older and actually was in a research lab. I went to an all women's college in Atlanta. I went, you know, the labs that I worked in. those research scientists are uh, you know research technician for uh, twelve years almost. But, but it was women that were running those lab. I was always surrounded by strong female characters. It wasn't until I came out into public education that I think I got my first taste of, oh wow, we're not be. Mm-hmm. but I think I'm being surrounded by those strong characters growing up. I never really felt, like that. mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important. When I was young, I, I used to
4: read. Some, a couple of comic books here and there, but I was really paying attention to what was on TV. And uh, I really liked the old Justice League when I was young. Um, the cartoons, I used to watch it all the time. Um, like a lot of people, I watched Wonder Woman, but I was into science fiction as well. And so for me, um, seeing Lieutenant Kura in Star Trek was a big deal because then I started watching it all the time. And so when I was in college, um, I went to Howard University right here in Washington, D.C., another HBCU, and uh, was in electrical engineering. One of my major projects that I wanted to do was I wanted to develop a holiday, and I really <laughs> wanted to find out how you could really transport a person to another place. And I ended up doing things in three-dimensional imaging. So that was the closest thing that I could get to a holiday because you really couldn't take a human being and um, really transport the, the energy into energy. and. Um, reconstructed on the other side. So I had this big talk in my head about, well, you can only do it with inanimate objects, you really can't do it with human beings, so maybe we can at least transport pictures, maybe 3D images, and so forth. And so I was really interested in that and thought that I was going to be um, an imaging professor because of that. And when we talk about real-life people, um, there were strong women. In fact, um, one of the people that I ended up looking to was Dr. Janet Rutledge, who was one of the first women to get an electrical engineering degree um, at Georgia Tech. She got her PhD there. And I ended up switching from image processing to speech processing specifically because she was a real-life person who was an engineer doing that work. But all of that interest started from a lot of programs from when I was young and then images that I actually saw on screen. So that was a big thing for me.
5: So um, I was uh, uh, being a very very young person. I remember mean, reading my brother's comics because I couldn't afford it by my own. But um, but but eventually I was able to begin collecting uh, my own. And one one thing that I that was kind of a common thread with a lot of the characters that you know, Batman. I mean, the Iron Man, even even Spider Man. They all, they all had these like really really great either day jobs or they had these really great like ability sets, right? Like they were, they were very very intelligent. You could make their own tech. Or they had, you know, near infinite resources, right? I mean, or they were a millionaire at that mansion, that lab. And so I wanted, you know, uh, I wanted that cool day job, so I could be a superhero like at night. night. So, 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 this idea of kind of being able to enable your own ability to do something was 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 kind of ingrained in me very, 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 early. So, you know, things that I saw, um, you know, in comics in that way certainly um, uh, interest me and, and motivated me. And I think um, seeing the lack of diversity. Um, it, not not only in not only in uh, comics but but even 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 in STEM, or steam is uh, it really motivated me and, and it made me think well I guess there's an opportunity there right so I don't see many people there so I guess there's got to be a spot for me right?
3: so in, in recent times uh, Comic books have tried to make advances, and I won't even say in recent times, because Stanley and others, when they made the X-Men, their goal was to show outlier groups, but it was a pretty small subset overall of what was really there, and what could be tackled by society. Now, one of the things, one of the things that you didn't see in my list of diversity was anybody that looked like me. Um, so, for my daughter, for myself, I was thrilled to death when Marvel came out with Kamala Khan, uh, at, who was the first uh, Pakistani-American, Southeast Asian character, growing up in America with parents from a Muslim family. That was the first character to really represent in a non-stereotypical way what this looked like. And as Marvel and DC have moved forward, they've done some really amazing things in the portrayals of diversity. But not just their portrayals of diversity, but their portrayals of minorities and underrepresented underrepresented minorities in STEM. So Iceman was retconned as being a gay of course. Uh, Amadeus Cho is a Korean-American teenager who became the Hulk. Uh, Reedy Williams as a 16-year-old studying mechanical engineering at MIT and built her own Iron Man suit and ended up becoming Ironheart. Is Tony Stark was so impressed with what she was doing. The smartest girl in the Marvel Universe right now is a 13 is year old named Lina Lafayette Moon Girl, and this is the poster that they came out with when uh, she was announced as being the smartest character in the Marvel Universe. And then these two wired covers indicate just a, a landmark moment in, in uh, our cultural history, and that's the Black Panther movie, where African Americans were portrayed as brilliant scientists, technologically advanced, and leading leading a country into the future. Shuri as a a teenager is making things better than Tony Stark has ever made. And that's, that's huge moving forward. And so portrayals of scientists and diversity in comic books have progressed significantly such that there's a variety of people that are out there that better represent our society. But when we look at, when we look at STEAM disciplines, we're lagging, we're lagging and with all the job opportunities that are available and all the studies that are showing how much diversity is needed we need more females, we need more African Americans, we need more Native Americans, we need more Hispanics in this realm to map with our society and to advance and grow. So the, the second question I have for our panelists, we'll, we'll start at the other end and move back in this direction now, is how can, how can STEAM disciplines follow the diversity trends and what some of these new comics and uh, pop culture entertainment things are doing? So we can start
5: integrating people of color, LGBTQ, a whole range of diversity into our fields. So um, I think that's a, uh, an excellent question. I think. Um, one thing I think we uh, certainly can, can do is look at this idea of um, and benefit from this idea of a shared shared universe and you know kind of crossover. So you know I mean TV CW right they're doing it Flash Black Lightning um, you know Arrow uh, and 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 you get this synergy that kind of helps prop- prop- propel things forward. Um, even maybe a multiverse, if you will, because I think a lot of times we're very, very stoked probably, in terms of seeing we kind of have a discipline. You, you go through, to, to school for many years to think a certain way, to kind of call upon a certain, you know, class of literature and a certain group of, uh, of thought leaders, uh, but but oftentimes we come up to places, and diversity particularly is a challenge, in which none of us were, tra- you know, speaking of trained scientists, were were trained in how to um, incorporate a diverse community, right, because you're not part of your, your training, so... Um, I think uh, this idea of cross disciplinary, but not just cross disciplinary in the sense of, yeah, I'm a mechanical engineer, I'm going to work with a um, civil engineer. Like, not cross disciplinary like that. Cross disciplinary like, there may be a multiverse, there may be someone else that's like you, but thinks completely different than you, trained completely different than you, and looks at the world completely differently. That's where you get a solution. And that's where you get a solution beyond your current level of thinking. So, incorporating things like social sciences into the way we form our groups and the way we form our, our, our working relationships, even in engineering. I think I think that is is, is one piece that seems to really really benefit from uh, pop culture uh, and specifically um, kind of comic world in terms of leading pop and progressive change.
4: One of the things that Black Panther did particularly was that because it was on the big screen and because it became such a big hit, there were so many people that had a chance to be exposed to the character, to Wakanda, to that whole universe, and so it really opened up the imagination of not only young people and kids, but also to parents and to teachers. And so there are starting to be um, even more people who started to say, how can I get my kids involved in STEM? Um, how can I get my kids involved in science? Um, where are these STEM programs in the elementary schools and in the middle schools and the high schools and can my kid be part of that? And it also gave teachers this opportunity to say, oh, well, let me be creative. Let me now look at the whole spectrum of the the children in my class, the young people who are um, in some of these classes, and make sure that everyone has a chance to participate because this Is is a real thing. And I think that that has been very helpful um, in terms of trying to advance some of the the STEM education going forward. There are schools now that have Superhero Day, for example, um, where the kids dress up as their favorite superhero and they talk about whatever the science is that that particular superhero is involved with. Um, there are people who are looking into the arts side, looking into CGI, looking into how to become developers. They're being more excited about their code. They're looking at other superheroes that they didn't even know existed. And it's something that I didn't even know. I didn't even know about Blue Marvel. I learned about Blue Marvel recently. And so, Blue Marvel has a PhD in um, physics and electrical engineering degree from Cornell. I learned about a Moon Girl recently, so I didn't know about her until a couple of days ago. And so even when I'm talking to young people, I'm talking to my nieces and nephews, I'm excited. My, my youngest, um, uh, some of my young nephews had a party, a black Panther party uh, recently, six years old, birthday party. And it was interesting because my brother said that he couldn't find enough Black Panther paraphernalia, so he had to get all the Marvel characters so that they could all share. But I knew enough about so I could go to you know these little kids, six, five, and six years old, and talk about these different characters and ask them what they wanted to be and what were they learning and what were they excited about. And so all of those things are part of I think the foundation that help people to think about things, to be, um, to use their imaginations, to think about what can be. In the future and so that they don't have to have barriers set up and so that the teachers later, the professors later, will not set up those barriers to stop people.
0: Um, part of what we do as educators at the science of the is that we use pop culture in our class. I teach at a Title One school, which uh, is high poverty, high minority demographic, and we use strategies where we can um, you know incorporate pop culture as a skill. Around you know the current curriculum and standards that we are expected to teach, and by doing that, we bring our students in, and we get a level of engagement in our classrooms that other teachers want to know. You know, why are they not skipping your class? Why are they always there? And it's just because you know we build a relationship with them; they see us as real people. Um, and I think by doing that, and what you know, we speak at comic but we also go out to um, Educate science education, like teacher education conferences, as well to teach other teachers how to do this. To try to sort of spread it. You know, you talk to your friends, and you talk to friends, and hopefully we can get a movement where we can begin pulling this in. And you know, by I think I saw a statistic last night as I was moving things. Um, about the panel, and said by 74 percent of school age children will be children of color. And if we don't start educating them and giving them the role models and giving them the tools. Our workforce is not going to be what we need it to be in twenty years. And like, you know, we want to push that scale of education because we've got to start building all our, and building all our
1: So <clears throat> for me, it's all about steam because I'm an artist. So I want to be that. You know, <laughs> I, I want that to happen. And I can say that in my in my youth, when I was growing up, I wish there was steam because as an artist who's going through like history and I I don't like history. My wife is so mad at me because she's like, why don't you like history? There's so much there. I'm like, I don't like history. Too many dates, too many dead people, I don't care. (laughs) And I think the main reason why I didn't like history was because I had a teacher who really was on me because I was always drawing. And it wasn't that I was just drawing random things. I was drawing what we were talking about. And I will never forget it was uh, Genghis Khan and his war, you know, and they were I was so intrigued by this, you know, warrior who could just you know tear through people and I'm drawing it on a horse and the war and everything, and I got in trouble. I got in deep, deep trouble. I was at the principal's office. I mean, this was back in the day when you could get held. You got and most of you youth don't know about that there was a time where it was okay for your principal to hit you with a paddle multiple times okay and so i was like oh my goodness i'm a good student why am i here there's a threat of me getting you know and then you know my parents i'm like oh my goodness and then afterwards my teacher was like oh you were drawing what you're we talking about this is really good <laughs> And I'm like, uh, thank you. <laughs> and now to see the progress though, but now we have teachers working with like Makerspace and STEAM education where they're going, okay, you don't like history, but do you know you're an artist? Do you know that there's all these stories and all these colorful characters and all these things that you can actually tie into learning? You know, they're like, wait, wait, what? I can do art and learn? I mean, that's great. And so, to have this movement that's going on now to where they're like, no, 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 you, you like art, or you like music, or you like math, or you like this, like you're having a hard time with this, we can cross-pollinate, you know, mm-hmm. and go talk to a mathematician, mm-hmm. and go talk to an engineer student and be like, I don't get this, help me. You know, or when when programmers are going, This is boring, you know, they're in they're beginning in programming like, Yeah, but you know, if you program this way, we can make this guy jump. We can push this button and make them jump. We can push and make him do a roundhouse kick. We can make him fly. We can make them do these things. And now everyone's creativity is sparked. Because people, when they look at stuff like math and science, they don't see the creativity, which is mind-boggling to me. But it's all art. Every, everything that is in steam is all art. And it's just how you look at it. Um, you know, and, and now we have a position where it's like, We're going to show you that that's what it is, and you should learn. And it's the diversity what's going to happen. And so I've been told multiple times in San Diego, like, it's so nice that we have someone that our children can look up to as a role model. You know, young, black, African-American, doing this stuff, you're a professor, you're doing this art stuff, we need that. And it's great that it's starting to happen, even though it's a little bit slower than it should be. But it's happening. It's happening. And I think that with, with STEAM, we can push this, this idea of diversity and crossing the education barriers that have been up for so long. And that, to me, just makes me super excited. And it's going into college, too. It's not just elementary school, middle school. It's in colleges now. And I mean, even at NSU right now, they're talking about how are we going to incorporate STEAM education into our engineering students, into our science. We actually have a... Um, collaboration now with the science department, looking at cells and then doing artwork and then lighting this, you know, how do you look through a microscope and actually get the picture and we're doing photography, lighting and stuff like that. So now we're really cross-pollinating and the results are just amazing that you couldn't get by yourself. And that's, that I think is the power of STEAM and the diversity that's coming out. there.
3: You nailed it, Brian. Right? one One of my coolest experiences. <laughs>
5: one, of, one of my coolest
3: experiences was was giving a, a public lecture one time. And that was a pretty heavyweight scientific lecture, and I noticed somebody in the crowd who was writing something on a board. And she had a probably an eight or nine year old little girl sitting next to her, watching what she was writing on the board. And I was presenting theorems and equations and, and science. So at the end of the lecture, I went and I introduced myself. I saw that you were doing something. What, what were you doing? And what she was doing is she was writing simplified illustrations of the concepts that I was talking about for her daughter. And her book was full of all of these lectures that she had been her daughter to. And in each one, she was, she was uh, drawing these simplified versions that had her daughter connect to what the real science was. And it really was touching and amazing. I asked for those panels. I said, I got to get those because I've never seen or heard anything like that. But if we all get into great steam in this kind of way, and with equal representation, uh, it would be huge. So I want to I just quickly finish on a slide on on representation. Some of you may have heard of Bruno Diaz, a Pulitzer Prize winning author, he's amazing. <laughs> You know, I once, his wife is a comic book writer named Marjorie Lou, and, um, and I asked him what he thought about people who thought about comics as a, a lower medium. And he said, a thousand years in the future, if aliens come and they start digging up our artifacts and our history, they're going to learn way more about what our society was really like from our comic books than any of the other literature or videos or Kardashians or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that stuck with me. But he also did this lecture at Bergen Community College, and I had to get this quote done. And the idea was that vampires don't see reflections of themselves, and our society teaches people that if you don't see yourself in society, you're some sort of monster, mm-hmm. that you don't belong there. Mm-hmm. I know it's a long quote, way more bullets and words than I should put on the slide, but it really, really is meaningful. And so his goal in life was to develop these mirrors that, that would show people reflections of themselves so they wouldn't feel like they were a so they would feel like they belong. And that goes for comics, that goes for art, that goes for science, that goes for technology. It really is important on all fronts. We have to have mirrors of our society on all fronts for all of us to be equal. Comic books, science, technology, art, math—all of it. That's hopefully what you learned from our wonderful panelists today. We're happy to take any questions you guys have. You guys may have. Thank you.
0: Listen to the Fusebox Radio broadcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Addict, and your other favorite podcast players. Check out the Fusebox Radio's official website for our latest episodes, events, and more at fuseboxradioonline.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at facebookcom Radio show, Twitter at twitter.com/ slash fusebox radio and instagram at instagram.com slash fusebox radio feel free to contact us at fusebox radio at gmail.com to submit music for airplay consideration